0: Previous guests have loved the experiences, especially because you can just show up and know that everything will be taken care of. Unmound Retreats is offering exciting and luxurious retreats in Morocco and Mexico. Go over to UnmoundRetreats.com and sign up to get on the email list so you can find out more. Hey, this is Nicole, the host and producer of the Found Down podcast. This episode... That you're about to hear is so fun, and, and it's very special to me because I used to work with this person and have a an absolute hoot. So I hope that you enjoy this one. This episode's with Eileen Thompson. She's a retired nurse and uh, with a ton of experience. Before I get into today's episode, uh, I just want to announce a couple housekeeping things. Yes, Nurse Night is happening. It's happening this Thursday. Uh, July 22nd. You can find out about it on unwindretreats.com under Nurses Night. Uh, there are a bunch of people going, all vaccinated, so that's great. I'm really looking forward to seeing people, meeting people I haven't met before, and you know, getting an opportunity to just mingle and talk nursing and whatever else comes up over the view of a gorgeous Seattle skyline. So that should be really fun. If you want to go, there's still room. Check it out at unwindretreats.com. Also, if you want to support the show, the best way to do it is to write a review, write an honest review on whatever platform you listen on it. So rate, review, uh, and subscribe. Of course, that really does help. Um, I just am so grateful to everybody who has written a review. It really means a lot to me. And you guys have been cranking out some really awesome reviews. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. I currently (laughs) think we have a 49 rating. um, So like one, one star, one, four star on all the rest are five stars. So guys, thank you so much. Now I want to take a moment to shout out to our amazing sponsor, Nicole Kupchik, CNS and educator. You know, she's got this great review course coming up. It's in September and October of 2021. It's a live webinar. It's a CCRN and PCCN certification review course. If you're interested in getting certified, you should check out her website, NicoleCupterConsulting.com, and use the coupon code FOUNDOWN20 to get 20% off at checkout. Listen, you won't be disappointed. I'm so proud of myself that I got certified way back when. I learned a lot, and you will be too. All right. Well, that should do it for all the housekeeping biz. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this episode. Well, hello, and welcome to the Found Out Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Johnson, and I am so excited. I have an old friend, colleague on the show, Eileen Thompson. Is it Tom? Do you, did you drop Thompson. Okay, great. Um, who was a nurse for 43 years, who's been retired for a couple of years. She was a stat nurse, ICU nurse, and I'm sure did a bunch of other stuff. We're going to talk about her nursing career, stat nursing, which is like rapid response nursing, and anything else that comes up. But before we get into anything, how are you, Eileen?
1: I'm good. I'm really good. You know, we're down here. We live two miles from a state park, so I can go hike every single day. I am less than a mile from a lake, and I have a great big garden, and I have a lovely dog that likes to truffle hunt. So
0: how does how did you, I mean, oh my gosh, I'm just, I have a lot of respect for you. Um, nursing for forty-three years. Like, how did you do that? Because you were you were inpatient and you were, you know, on your feet the like the your entire trajectory. Like, can you talk a little bit about how how you did that?
1: <laughs> well, I started out as an RN at twenty, so wow. okay, uh, I was uh, at a hospital down here in Longview, and I worked there six and a half years. So I started out on orthopedic floor and then I moved on to the surgical floor and I did that for three years. And then I went into ICU, and did that for two and a half years and I got pregnant and had my daughter and all of that. And so then I decided uh, it was getting to be a drag to get up and do all the stuff to go do um, ICU nursing. So I went into home health. Oh, really? And I did that for six and a half years. And that worked pretty well because, you know, I get the kids off to daycare, go see a patient or two, run into the office, grab supplies, do whatever, go out, see patients, swing by, grab groceries at the grocery store, pick up the kids from the daycare and come home. Or if I needed lunch, I could swing by the house. Mm -hmm. and grab some lunch, move laundry along and, you know, all the things that go with little kids and diapers and all that stuff. So that's kind of why I stayed in home health. And then it was like the paperwork got to me something fierce. I am not a paperwork person.
0: Okay.
1: And so it would be like you'd go on vacation. Oh good. I feel relaxed. And you walk in the office and they had piled a pile on your desk the day you come back from vacation and it's like the vacation's gone. You're just, it's, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then I quit and went back to hospital work and I needed to uptune my skills because they'd gone by the wayside because I'd done home health for six and a half years. So I went to Centralia hospital and I lasted seven months and I got out of there (laughs) at the absolute right time because the hospital got bought out in the next couple of months and they basically fired all the nurses that were at that hospital. Oh shoot. Okay. So, I came to the U back in 1988 and put 30 years and 1 month <laughs> in wow. at the U <laughs> retired. Did you start in critical care? I started you- on and oh, I did cool. 15 years on I started on night shift, and then uh, did some swing shift for a little bit, and then went to twelve hour days as I got older, and my body went. I don't like nights. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. You know. Um, so then I did uh, finished out on that, and then uh, I had a year or two there. Where I was doing half stat and half. And then I went into the resource team and was STAT and did a little bit of recovery room, a little bit on the dialysis floor, and then a little oh. bit uh, as STAT. And um, then I got, you know, I kept picking up STAT shifts. And so then I stayed 80% and was 80% STAT. And that's, I finished it out. And basically that's what I did.
0: Now, you're remind people out there, or I can too, um, so stat nursing, that's what we call our rapid response nurse team, like our nurse, our critical care nurse that's like out, f- hanging out on the other floor, so I'm like on the, the med surge floors, making sure everything's okay. <laughs> what do you, what, what was the, what's the role of a stat nurse? <laughs> <laughs> I laugh, I laugh because... <laughs> That
1: isn't the role? <laughs> the role evolved. And and when I first started doing it, it um, kind of blew me away because I, I I wasn't quite aware what the role really was, you know, because it's different than being an ICU nurse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there'd be some doctors, well, call a stat nurse. And it's like, and, oh, well, I guess I'm it, you know. <laughs> and uh, back when I started, we only had one stat nurse for the whole hospital. And then they, we had down hours. So you started at 11 and there was no stat nurse from seven in the morning to 11 in the morning. Cause you know, all the day shift came in and you know, they, those were the least busy hours. Um, Then it got to the point that it obviously wasn't all that uh, Mm -hmm. not busy. And so then they went to um, 24 hours, Seven days a week because it used to be on the weekend um, well, I started stat before they had flow supervisor, so you were stat and flow supervisor.: Oh, that's a lot. yeah and uh, so then uh, then it went to they had flow supervisor Monday through Friday, so on the weekends you were stat and flow supervisor and on Sundays you were stat flow supervisor and IV nurse because they didn't have IV nurse and so my worst experience was um, we had a big, huge snowstorm several years ago and they'd sold all the snow plows in Seattle. That mayor no longer didn't get reelected because he'd sold all the snow plows. Mm -hmm. So none of the streets were plowed. Everything had turned to ice and the city basically shut down for quite a while. And this was around a Christmas time type of thing And so anyway, they decided we didn't need the command center for the snow open anymore, but they wanted the pager still on somebody's hip. So the stat nurse got that. This is a Saturday. So of course they wanted conscious sedation and I'm flow supervisor. And so I'm doing conscious sedation answering. I've got, I think, three pagers on my hip. And my phone and I'm doing this thing and trying to give more drugs, take the vitals, get it written down, do the whole thing. And then I have this crazed anesthesia resident call me saying, you know, I'm on call and you have to come and get me. I go, why are you not here if you're on call? Well, I walked home. Well, then you can walk back. Well, I want to talk to the person that's in charge. I go, you're talking to him. Oh my God! Um, if you're not here, you have to talk to your senior people and live with the fact that you walked home. Yeah, and my guys are—I'm in, in the middle of a bronc. Right, right. You're like crazy. right, the, right, right. You know, and with my folks patient and like crazy, and I'm just going nuts, and you know, and the 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 guys that are doing the bronc are looking at me. It was pretty funny, but hindsight's 2020
0: 20, that's so funny i mean like so he expected you to go and get him in the middle of a snowstorm uh, not my job no <laughs> and,
1: well, well hello if you're on call and you know you're on call you don't walk home
0: yeah that i mean yes yeah, so that must have been a number of years ago because we've oh, yeah. gone to two stat, stat nurses, nurses now, 24 and f- 7
1: yeah and that's and- the way it was when i quit or retired was two stat nurses 24 7 when we started with the two stat nurses, I was kind of like, what am I going to do all day? <laughs> that was my first thoughts because I was so used to running everywhere. But as the, the big building in the back mm-hmm. opened up and we ended up with all the floors open, we needed two stat nurses and you were busy.
0: Definitely. I mean, well, I'll just flush it out here. So you're, as a stat nurse, you're responding to all the rapid responses, all the codes, um, and also trying to help pay nurses who have got questions with their patient and you're trying to flush out like weirdo. Don't forget those lovely code grays. Right. (laughs) Oh man. I have like, uh, wow. I don't don't think I want to tell that story, but, um, I, um, I feel like the word that I used to always describe as stat nursing was shenanigans. It, there, there was always something going down, and you're like, and this will probably terrify people who go to the hospital, but you're like wondering, like, how, who's who thought that was that was a good idea? You know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, um, well, and I, the other piece of the role that I really felt was important was you were the support because do you remember? He's still there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I took, and that poor kid was crying his eyes out almost for me. Your old down on east calls me. Got to come down here. Kid's going to quit nursing. Oh, shoot. And, you know, urology, they'd had a bad go around with urology. That was back when Fort Northeast had urology. And urology was like, it's all his fault. And, and said that in front of the patient's wife and the patient's wife screaming at him, and so yeah, it was not pretty. So got to pull, you know. So from that point on, I started looking at stat as support for my fellow nurses.
0: Yeah, as
1: as a, a very very important thing that you had to support. You
0: Definitely. Know?
1: You know, because they you know, you've got people that are, I mean, he was like three weeks out of school.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know,
1: might've been a month, you know? And I mean, he was pasty white mm-hmm. and it was, it was horrible.
0: I mean, well, if you think about like the floor, the acute care nurses or whatever floor they're on, they've got multiple patients. They don't have the time. Multiple families. Yeah. They don't have the time and it's not the expectation to know everything about their patient, you know what I mean? They just, you just don't. Um, That's not what floor nursing is like. You, you know, some things, but you, anyway, I've never been a floor nurse, but I have mad respect for all the floor nurses out there for sure, because it's a, I know it's a tough job, but yeah, I mean, so you, you, I, I think I, I mean, I vividly remember, I mean, I would see you guys, you know, console nurses and let you know, give them hugs and give them support, or maybe go talk to a doctor on their behalf, or just like I'm gonna handle this, you know. Um, I certainly did some of that myself, um, but yeah, I felt like also Stat was like some, you were kind of like a, you're a diplomat, and you're like as <laughs> you work between work with different teams of doctors. And then you're like a a investigator too, right? Because you're looking at all the labs. And what was your favorite part about the job? My favorite part?
1: Oh, let's see. If I could figure it out, you know, it would be like, the, the nurse would call you in. And they're like, you know, what's going on? You know, I don't, you know, and they couldn't figure it out what was going on. And if you could walk in and kind of figure it out, you know, and kind of go, well, let's just try this and let's try that, you know, and the doctor's being "Mm -mm -mm" to them and they're fine, you know? And so like, okay, let's figure some things out. Let's try this. Let's try that. I think that was the part I liked, you know, and, you know, I'd review the chart and go through and say, okay. Now look at this and and next time you talk with the doc, you ask him about that and you ask him about this and, you know, and get her or him on the course that they needed to be headed to with that particular patient, you know, so that they kind of had a plan. They knew what direction and if things didn't go quite right, they knew to recognize that they weren't going quite, quite right. Call me back. I'm happy to come back.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's so helpful because you, you set these parameters for nurses and then they're like, okay, all right, well, if their blood pressure hasn't gone up in a certain, an hour or whatever, like, call me.
1: Um, well, was- and I remember a patient that had blood pressure was in the toilet post-op, you know, I mean, yeah. he was several days post-op, but he just, every time he'd get up, it would bottom out. He was just low. And it was like, well, he's eating and drinking and make sure he's eating and drinking and give him the damn salt shaker. (laughs) You know, sometimes, you know, things have washed out. Um, Mm -hmm. But as long as he's mentating clearly and the guy was clear as a bell and the nurses were just like, I go, well, he's still clear as a bell. Don't get him out of bed. Too much, you know, you can raise his head, just kind of do everything slow. And if Mm -hmm. he gets too dizzy, put him back. But, you know, don't get too wound up because he's mentating so clearly. Yeah. I mean, he's laying there in bed reading and he can tell you what he's read. And, you know, the news is on and he's telling you what's going on with the news and who's been to visit him. He can recite phone numbers, you know this is not somebody that we need to be getting wound up about, but his blood pressure was terrible.
0: <laughs> right. You just have to look at, right, exactly. You know, And but they, they you know, three it? days later
1: of pushing fluids and, you know, giving him, let him have a little salt and a few things, you know, and just kind of staying on him. He kind of equilibrated out and he was fine, but he never really, he was not, you looked at him and the way he was mentating, he was not an ICU patient, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So your choice is, is he so severe that he needs to be in the ICU or can you just gently manage him on the floor? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's that balance. Yeah. You um, know, and, and stat has come up with tighter parameters or we're coming up with tighter parameters. It used to be wild west out there. And right. life has, you know, it's changed, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's gotten tighter parameters and doctors aren't allowed to just be cowboy as much, you know, so things have improved.
0: That's good. It's always good. Um, what was hard about the job?
1: Well, <laughs> uh, Oh, I'm trying to think. You know, there. I mean, I think the when you had absolute confrontation with families, that mm-hmm. was always the one. You know, like, you know, when they were just like, and yeah, and the families are screaming at each other, and they're screaming all over the place, yeah. and they're screaming at you, and they're yelling at the docs, and yeah, those are and security's getting called and those kind of situations were weird. right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because you're like, well, I'm, we're here to take care of the patient. <laughs> like what, what's, why is there, why the, why is the family going crazy? Well, and
1: the other pieces, you know, you didn't know if that, you know, in this day and age, did they whip out, did they have a gun in their purse? Yeah, that's true. You know? I know I That's almost true. got decked out cold one time of a pet patient family member. I got between him seeing his mother and his drink. Uh Oh yeah. And do you remember, mm-hmm. well, she just said something to him says, you got to go talk to that guy, you know, and he's mm-hmm. out there in the waiting room and I'd talked to him like three or four times and you know, well, she's still in recovery. Your mom's in recovery. And he knew he had to see his mom before he could go get his drink. Mm -hmm. And so I'm the person in between him and his drink and pissed him off. (laughs) And so I go out there and he's got his wife and his sister hanging on to both arms. And fortunately, another nurse came up and came beside, came out this way. Because I was scared to, t- like, if I took a step back, I knew he'd hit me.
0: Oh, shoot.
1: And uh, another nurse came out and says, just got off the phone with recovery room, da, 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 and started giving information. And he looked that way. And then I stepped back. But, you know, and I, I remember my nurse manager at the time going, Well, why didn't you just step out of that situation? And it's like, <laughs> I knew he'd hit me. Right. You know? Yeah. And you yeah. know, you know when somebody's going to do that. You just know, I'm sorry. You do (laughs) anyway.
0: So, yeah. So, and so once you call,
1: and his mom was coming up and then he got to go in and see his mom when she got settled in the ICU and they went out and got his drink. But you know, these people that fly in from Alaska are a different breed.
0: Yeah. I mean, we got some, yeah. I mean, we, we host, uh, Patients from Washington, Alaska, Montana, Idaho. So huge. A whammy. Whammy. Huge part of the United States, actually. Um, And it's a little bit Wild West in some of these places, for sure. Yeah. A little rough and tumble crowd. Um, Did you ever... I feel like what was hard about stats sometimes was um, trying to get the patient trying to get the doctors to understand that there was a problem.
1: <laughs> I, I was on stat with you one day and this, you come in going, um, what was the one, the the shootout where they killed all the little first graders, Sandy oh,
0: Columbine. Hook. Oh, Sol- no, Sandy oh, Hook, okay. Sandy Hook.
1: And you go, Oh my God. And you were just shook. And I'm like, honey, the previous Tuesday I'd been at, the mall down at Clackamas Center down in Portland, and they there was a shootout there, and I was the the gun going off there just shook me, and so I'm like I didn't realize how on edge I was about it all. But my first day back to work was the day of Sandy Hook, so we have this guy in as a patient that had been uh, using a lot of drugs. And, you know, couldn't figure out how to use his phone, couldn't figure out how to use the urinal, couldn't figure out how to do anything. I mean, he was not in his right brain. And so uh, the social work person that comes in from outside the hospital to evaluate if he's suicidal or whatever comes in and evaluates and said, well, he's just going to go out and use drugs. So, you know, the guy can't use his phone. It's freezing outside because this was, we were Christmas shopping down there in Portland. And uh, so anyway, the doc goes, well, my senior says I have to discharge him. I go, he can't use his phone. You're going to throw a kid that's 20 years old out in the street, freezing weather. You need to let these drugs wear off. You need to not discharge him tonight. Mm -hmm. And he's like, but my senior says, I go, I don't care if he, that I, well, M, um, MPH or MS, M, oh, M, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. whoever they are said, well, he's fine. And he'll just go out and use drugs. I go, well, if you can get him to figure out how to go use his phone so he can call his buddies to go use those drugs. Good for you. I'm saying she's lying hmm. and you need to keep him in the hospital overnight because the plan was his mom would take him home once she could communicate with him he was not able to carry on a conversation
0: oh this is coming back to me
1: and so anyway two days later the resident finds me because he didn't send him home and he finds me and he goes you were right you because the kid cleared his mom took him home and yeah. all was good but you know it was that You're and just- i i feel like it was that shootout thing <laughs> you know It just like it puts you more i was just like no.
0: well yeah i mean you were on it. like i totally forgot that you were you were like hunkered down on under your car or something right no were you- we
1: were um we were in the front of the all right they have two macy's at that mm-hmm. they have the one that's the clothing and then they have the food court thing and then they have this other uh housewares macy's part so it's divided and he went through the clothing Macy's going, I'm the shooter, I'm the shooter. And then starts firing out there in the food court. We're in the front of the Macy's looking at a frying pan. (laughs) And, you know, my husband and I looked at each other and I'll go, I start yelling, get down and get out. (laughs) And we run out the back door. But I'm looking at these stupid clerks. They got their heads up. It's like, get town level with the yeah, stuff. you're a you target. It's like, you know, and I'm just yelling, get down. And my husband looks at me and goes, I'm following her. <laughs> he rolls out the door. And the amount of police that came tearing into that was amazing, you know. Well, and back in the day, you know, there was a shootout, uh, mass shooting at UW. And then, then they came up with Code Zebra after this one. Uh, this was before your time, dear. I think you, you were still baby nurse or not even. You mm-hmm. might have been in high school. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I was dialyzing a patient in, uh, and uh, turned on the news because we kept seeing cop cars out on the street out there on Pacific. There's all these cop cars. And I'm turning on the news. King five news. Big shootout at Uda. Blah, blah, blah. You know. We're getting nothing from administration.
0: Oh. Silent,
1: no emails, no nothing. I mean, it was a guy that had his residency had been revoked. They wouldn't give him another year. And he was from Taiwan and he lost face and he goes in and he blows a uh, bunch of people in the lab away and then shoots himself.
0: I remember this. Okay. I don't know where, if I was in college or what, but yeah. Okay.
1: So anyway, yeah. So anyway, so after that, we came up with code zebra because the staff was, you know, it's like we were getting our information from King five news. Yeah. You know, on the TV in here, doing a dialysis on a patient, you know, I can even remember the room I'm in, you know?
0: Yeah. Right. (laughs) That was cemented in your mind that, I mean, yeah, we were on the same campus as the, I mean, I don't know if it was upper campus or health sciences where that was. It was but- health
1: sciences. It was in the, that in the T wing too close. I mean, that's now, right next now door. you know, what is my son going to do for a living? Oh, he's an elevator repair man and he's repairing an elevator in the uh, T wing <laughs> right now. Uh, no, he's, uh, driving down to my place. Uh, we've got some property uh, about a mile away and, uh, He's uh, hosting the bachelor party.
0: Oh, oh, cool. Fun. <laughs> what, what is, so you retired a couple of years ago. Yeah, three. How do you think back on your, your, your career now? Like, or do you, like, are you, I don't know. Like, what do you think about your 43 year career being a nurse?
1: I have been totally amazed by my dear old body. Cause I look back, I had, Uh, two months off after I had my daughter. I had six weeks off after I had my son. I never had a surgery. I never had an illness in which I was, you know, I mean, I maybe had an upper respiratory tract infection or I maybe had, you know, whatever flu that went around or whatever, but that's it. I was never out in 43 years. And I'm like, man, how did I do that? how did you do that? You know, think about 43 years.
0: Yeah. I'm 44. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, and the work that you do and that we do. My my daughter just
1: turned 41 last month. Oh, and she's a nurse.
0: Oh, she is. Yeah. That's so great. Because
1: what I never would want to do she does babies you know like uh delivering babies is her thing
0: oh that's cool i mean everybody has their niche which i think is so great uh yeah well your body man it, it did a good job holding up and um can i ask you and for, i just want to say it, it's just f- fantastic that you worked um and had the tremendous career that you did what if? What is this? We're totally switching gears for a second. What um? What are your thoughts on COVID? Like, how has that been for you? Uh, being retired, like,
1: well, my mom's going to be ninety in September, so she lives yeah. with us. And if she gets an upper respiratory tract infection, it's bad. The last one she had was three years ago, uh, and we were in the ER till five in the morning, and. She gets really, really, really ill. So I knew if she got COVID, she would not be be with us anymore. Yeah. Uh, My daughter and son, their grandfather died of COVID this last winter. But I mean, you know, he was an alcoholic. He was 93 or four. He was fell and broke his hip. He was in a nursing home. You know, all these, you know, his comorbidities are out the yin yang, you know. So, of course, he's in the nursing home and he gets COVID, you know, so. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, okay, mom. Mom was able to get her shot before us because she called her doctor and said, how do I get a shot? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, it's, yeah, um, I don't know. It's, it's weird because I'm down here. It, it's like. You know, I go up to Seattle, and if I walk into a grocery store, everybody's masked. There's a huge sign, "Mask required." Down here, there's no, no sign at the Fred Meyer. Um, if you see people, you don't ask if they're not wearing a mask. Why they're not wearing a mask? Because they're likely to shoot you. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> you never know who's carrying what down here. You yeah. know, it's it's crazy. So I what I did was my husband had a bunch of N95s from painting because he'd remodeled a house Mm -hmm. before all the COVID. And so there's all these. And so I wore an N95 every time I went grocery shopping.
0: That was a smart decision.
1: And so, you know, that was, and I pull out one of their wipes, wipe down the cart, do my hands with it. And I carry my little wipe with me through the whole grocery store. And I lived in an N95.
0: Yeah, that probably would be tough to live somewhere where where you're not on the same, like, people don't Well, really you know, live. they
1: think they're putting nanobots in those shots. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, we were in visiting our lawyer the other day, and he's like, well, I've studied the numbers. And, you know, I think it's ridiculous to have to get a shot, but I want to go to Europe this summer, so I'll have to get it. But he wasn't gonna get it, but he wants to go to Europe. So he did get it. He got a Johnson and Johnson, but it was like, What what planet are you from, you imbecile? Yeah. You're an educated person. That's the other thing. Educated people down here are stupid.
0: Oh. Does that scare you? Yeah, that does scare me. I mean, there's just I was just talking to someone today about how there are people out there who truly believe Again, back to the nanobots, but like that. Now that people who've gotten the vaccine are shedding spike proteins, which like, which is not even possible, but that in, that infects other, infects them, or does something to them. And so I'm like, so they don't, well, they don't. They be can rad- put their
1: N95 on and stay away from me. <laughs> You're
0: like that works out just
1: fine. Stay home, you can- protect yourself, you bozo. I am- yeah.
0: Yeah. It's anyway. it's hard to be tolerant.
1: Um Yeah, it's it's uh yeah. I'm down here in the land of crazy. Yeah. I'm yes. I'm equivalent to being in eastern Washington. Okay. Okay. I mean
0: but you're on a b I do think you're on a beautiful location, right? You guys have your kind of your way oasis.
1: Um, I have a view of Mount St. Helens right out the window there. Oh. I have Five or six miles of trails I can go hike with the dog. You know, it's nice.
0: So retirement's been good, huh?
1: Yep, yep, we're doing okay.
0: When you were working full time, well, I mean, eighty. What it was, eighty-two percent, probably. Yeah. Were you? you, I remember you were grouping your days. Were you staying with your daughter up?
1: My my stepdaughter. Oh, right. And my husband came with me, and he uh, helped get grandkids from here to there and everywhere uh, because his daughter and son-in-law both work intensely his daughter is our current director of policy for the city of Seattle oh wow and so and her husband is the director of Seattle one one Seattle Um, it's a underprivileged kids organization that supports the community and does donations Mm -hmm. for that and so these kids are were pretty much abandoned (laughs) you know so like we'd be up there and get them to and from you know because they were they're both workaholics
0: Mm -hmm. you know well that that was i mean that must have worked out
1: very well it worked and then uh shortly after i retired my other stepdaughter passed away
0: oh i'm sorry
1: uh she had I felt like I was being a stat nurse again. Um, Oh, she had a congenital defect in her heart that was undiagnosed and she was somewhere on the spectrum. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is a girl that had made it through college. She could drive a car. Mm -hmm. She could, you know, but if she interviewed for a job, she would never get the job because she interviewed badly. You know, she's just she. That's who she was. Um, but anyway, you know, she comes home, I'm down in the garden and I look her cars, the trunks open on it and, and I come in the house and I go, John, well, this car's open. Oh, I was supposed to go out and get stuff for her. She didn't feel good and went laid downstairs. And I start cooking dinner and he's goes and get the stuff and he goes down and checks on her and I'm like, I better go see what's going on. I go down there and I Look at her and I go, go get the blood pressure cuffs. Blood pressure's like 139 over 80, 90. I mean, you know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't anything that I was going to, okay, we have to do something right now. Okay. And she's laying down. Okay. I'm looking at her and her lips are a little blue. I go, go get my SAT probe. He goes and gets my SAT probe. SATs are 90. And her heart rate's 204. And I start having her do vagal maneuvers and she's looking at me like, why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm looking at my husband, call 911 and get him out here. And so I get her upstairs on the couch and um, they take her down to the hospital. Well, they gave her the adenosine and she stopped for, oh, two beats. Okay and she didn't come out of it and we get followed the ambulance downstairs and i know they gave her more adenosine and en route and all of that and uh she just didn't snap out of it and uh, so we get there and we start to check in and i hear they tell us where she what room she is in the er and then i hear code blue and it's to that room and uh so You know, it, they go, well, we can't let you in. I go, I'm an ICU nurse. You will. (laughs) And I'm like Mm -hmm. coming down the poor clerk's throat. Oh dear. And and I'm glad I got my husband in because he needed to see all that they were doing. And it was like, well, why didn't you say her pupils were blown? You know, they're kind of like going, oh, you know, maybe we've done a lot. This is a really long code. I go, but you keep getting oh, her back, you know,
0: right.
1: You know, and, the, and finally my husband goes, let's, let's just stop. And I, I gets, and it, that was good. Cause he saw everything and, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, first thing I do is I go up and I go, why didn't you say her pupils were blown? Oh, I don't know. <sighs> you know? Oh, yeah. You know? So anyway, Thirty nine. Wow,
0: I'm, that is so, so yeah. crazy. That is so
1: tragic. So then, uh, then we took and uh, I'm so did a sorry. road trip I'm and did some stuff, that. and you know, it was. But I was like, okay, I'm back being an ICU nurse. And, you know, I felt like I was yeah. back at it. You know, I'm like, why are you starting dopamine? You have a rapid heart rate. It should be levafed. You know, <laughs> the right. things were going through my mind. You know, and it's like okay, you got somebody coming in with rapid heart rate that is resistant to the adenosine. Why did you put them in a small room? They should be in a big room because they're the one that's likely to code. And that's what she did. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, don't you people have any experience?
0: It was a small, smaller hospital, right?
1: Right. It is. It's like, it's where I started my nursing career. And it's like, well, I guess that's where I ended my nursing career. <laughs>
0: Right. Your last code on
1: a family member. Uh, Yeah. Mom's not getting coded.
0: No, no. What was it that you told me? Oh my God. I loved it. There was one time you were like, well, when it's my time to go, I'm going to go with a bottle of tequila out into the woods in the middle of the winter and I'll just go good night.
1: Well, you get (laughs) hypothermia and away you go. Yay. The other one I had, the other one I had was, you know, all little old ladies are on their Lasix. And so yeah. you just forget your potassium for a few days, turn on your movies and uh, go to sleep and, you know, take a bunch of your stuff to go to sleep with and go night, night. And your family finds you in a bed of pee there
0: you with go. your favorite
1: movie on. <laughs> Having died in your sleep. And because, And if they find you ahead of time, your potassium is so low, they can't bring you back.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah. 1. 1.8, one point. I don't know. I think the lowest I've ever seen it was 1.8 and I, that was oh, really scary.
1: Oh, I have a story about that one too. It was, we were down in um, radiology and uh, I remember pri- the guy's K came back 1. 1.8, 1. 1.7, something God awful. and And the K was sent to us from pharmacy and You know, we got it going. We got it going as fast as you're allowed to have it go uh, in an ICU. uh, And starts grabbing the bag and popping it out and trying to pressure it in. And I like wrenching her fingers off the bag because it's like, this is what they do at the prison when they're sending you night, night is inject you potassium. (laughs) (laughs)
0: No, you're like, you know, no, no, like no, 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 no.
1: You know it's like come on. You know I know she was, but it's like you can't go any faster with potassium. No, even no, though it is what it is. <laughs> I think I'm having chest pain. I don't know you. You get a a, a collection of really funny stories.
0: Oh. You, yes, well, you were with me when we had that guy who is an SVT, who we walk into the room, his heart rate's going like, what well, 200. Um, you know, and we were asking him to bear down and everything, and this resident comes in, just like kind of walks over. while well, you and I are like sorting out what we want to do. Does he have a blood pressure? Is he maintaining? You know, we're trying to get him to bear down. And the resident walks over and does <laughs> bilateral. Carotid massage. Do you remember that? And the guy just goes, just went out, and I was like, Oh no! Did he? You know, I was like, Oh shit! Like he's, you know, does he have a pulse? Right? Because he just, anyway, he he rolled out. Yeah, he rolled out. He was unconscious for a minute. He didn't. He didn't lose a pulse, but he converted. But um he shouldn't have, you know, like that bilateral chronic massage. Like that's not what you're supposed to do, right? Right. But we were, we were. <laughs> I think we both were just like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, just funny I mean, there, yeah, funny. There's some funny stories. Funny stories from staff for sure. Story. Um, this isn't funny, but the there was one time where someone called me and they were like, I can't. I'm having trouble getting vital signs on my patient. I was like, I'm like, having trouble what? Getting, getting vital, vital signs, signs on my patient. <laughs> I was like, um, <laughs> are they breathing? Like, what are you know? Are they alive? Like, are they talking to you? She's like, yeah. And I was like, just like I just ran because I think I was on the unit. The, anyway, they um they were they were bleeding internally, so uh, then
1: bleeders are, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you miss it ever work? Probably not.
1: I have six grandkids, you know, that's, life's good. I paint, you know, I do lots of things. Oh yeah, that's right. You're such a great painter. Such a good no.
0: painter. That's I've so been, fun. I've been painting
1: and, and we have a group of fully vaccinated people that meet every monday and uh we paint that's so great So you know it's it's all good oh well,
0: uh do you have any last closing thoughts for the show or, or anything like that
1: ah uh, i feel like nursing in general you know they've been the backbone through all this covid but i feel like they've vilified them in a lot of ways Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to tell anybody that's stupid enough to not get their shot. They don't have a right to go to any hospital. Yeah. They don't have, they gave it up. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, my neighbor lady was down for two months with it. And she has, you know. Probably,
0: um, probably um, silicoe from it, right? Like, or. She has as, she
1: has a bad body habitus. Okay. Heavy yeah. pop, and has some cardiac issues. So then she got the COVID, and she didn't snap out of it.
0: Yeah. Very I mean, it's well. So hard. Because here's the thing: we just never know who it's going to be really bad for. Yeah. Um. And certainly, if you have com- comorbidities, it's harder. But, um, yeah. I just want to say, I miss working with you. I'm happy that you're retired. I'm happy that you're living such a wonderful, full life. And, um, I'm glad personally that life feels like it's kind of kind of getting back to a little bit of normal. Um, thank you so much for spending some time with me. And I'm just going to close out the show by saying, stay safe and stay sane. And I'll see you on the next one. Um, thanks so much, Eileen.